0: I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week, we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together, you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. Well, I hope that you're having a fantastic day. I hope you get a, a chance to uh, to do whatever it is that recharges you. Um, for for me, that means I'm going to go out. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna get outside. I'm gonna be around people because. Uh, that, that just really kind of gets me going. Uh, if it were my wife, she would be, she would be staying at home. She would kind of hole up in the room and get a book, and, and that would be the thing that just really brings her joy and charges her. Whatever that is for you, uh, why don't you carve out a time? Find some time, because it's not going to happen on its own, and, and make it happen. Find that thing that just brings you joy and gives you life, and today, go do that thing because it's so easy to get overwhelmed, just absolutely completely overwhelmed by the craziness of life. Uh, and we, we just run solid without stopping. We redline all the time and we're, it's not good for us. It's not good for us to just never take a break. Uh, and you know, our society's kind of ordered towards that these days of a uh, 24-hour news cycle and uh, you know, we, you've got your, your phone on you at all times. Uh, and, and it's a computer, so you're connected to the world at all times. And there's never a chance to just disconnect. Uh, why don't you see if you can find a time today? 30 minutes, an hour? Disconnect from uh, from the web. Disconnect from the, the, the crazy rat race, uh, the 24-hour news cycle. Disconnect and find that thing that gives you joy and go do it. Uh, when else is it going to happen, right? If we wait for the perfect time, it's not going to happen. Uh, so uh, so when we're done here, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to get away and I am going to uh, sit around people because uh, that's what I like to do. I'll sit in a coffee shop. I won't talk to anybody, maybe. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm there just because I want to be around the buzz of life, right? I like to be around people. In fact... <laughs> This is awful. On uh, on my uh, on my honeymoon, right? We brand new married, brand new married. We uh, we were on our honeymoon out in the middle of um, oh, close to Santa Rosa Beach, out in Florida, and uh, we were there, you know, Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and we just were you know enjoying the beach, enjoying one another. We were all by ourselves. Thursday rolls around, and I looked at my my bride, uh, brand new married. Remember this honeymoon and i said i love you but i need people <laughs> so we so we we left the private beach that we were staying at and we went to a public beach with lots and lots of people And and I was fine. I I think I know. I think we went to a water park as well because hey, why not? We're at the beach. Let's go on water slides that are nowhere near the beach. Uh, I don't know, but you know that's the thing that that really just to be around other people to hear the buzz and the conversations and to you know people watch a little bit. um, That that is the thing that just gives me energy. And once we did that, I was good the rest of the time. Um, But yeah, I had to have, gosh, I had to have that time around, around others. Disconnected from, uh, from the 24 hour news cycle, disconnected from all of the, the, of course at that time, I didn't have a smartphone. And I was, I think I was probably happier then. Uh, I, you know, we, we were so connected and attached to these smartphones and social medias, but I, I don't recall when I didn't have it somehow being unfulfilled. Uh, and so I think it's a challenge for me to, to make time to put it down more often. In fact, um, th- this is random. I'm so sorry, but you know what? Hey, why not? Uh, this, this week I decided that I'm not going to put my phone, I'm not going to charge my phone by the bed because when that happens, y- you get up in the middle of the night, you check the time and then now you're sucked into it or you get up first thing in the morning and then you're sucked into it. And then, you, you know, it, it's not, good. It's not healthy. And so uh, I have moved my phone into a different room of the house so that when the alarm goes off, I actually have to get up because, you know, what else am I going to do? And so I'm hoping that 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 turns into something positive. I encourage you to do it with me. Uh, It's it's not easy to give it up, right? But uh, it's a good thing. So uh, let's talk about this week. Oh, this week, I, I got to see an ultrasound of our seventh child. Yeah, seven. Uh, and it, it was just beautiful. And, I, you know, as, as many times as I have seen an ultrasound, you think that it would lose its, uh, its wonder, but it never does. Uh, I'm just fascinated. One, I'm fascinated by the technology of it. I'm fascinated by the technology of it uh, because here we're looking at this life just using sound waves, right? How cool is that? Uh, secondly, um, uh, just to see, you know, th- th- there, there've been the murmurs, you, you hear the heartbeat on the Doppler, uh, when you're at the prenatal visits, but just, th- it's still nebulous. And, you know, you, you know, there's a baby in there because she's pregnant and she's getting, uh, bigger and she's showing. Uh, and I'm allowed to say that cause we're in the second trimester. Uh, but there's something about seeing for the first time the, the, the little nose and the little toes, and she was, well, I say she because, you know, I, I expect, but uh, the baby was uh, sucking its thumb, and, you know, just things of, oh, there it is. And, of course, we have nicknames for all the babies. This one's sesame seed because we, we ran out of other small things uh, to call the children. Uh, and so, yeah, just what a beautiful experience that always is and it certainly was this time as well and of course uh people ask us all the time are you gonna are you gonna wait to find out if it's a boy or a girl and I say oh yeah we love to be surprised at 20 weeks so uh we're very pragmatic I want to know what kinds of things we need to to get uh which room we have to make room for the baby and that kind of thing and so yeah we'll find out uh hopefully not too much longer here uh, whether we're having a boy or a girl, and then we'll, uh, we'll spend some time praying about who this baby is and, and what name. We, we always do a very careful naming process with our children. So, uh, yeah, those, those are the things that are, just are occupying my attention today and this week. Uh, and in the process of it, it's a very intentional thing, honestly. It's a very intentional thing that I've done. I, I just I got worn out. On that 24 hour news cycle. Because the 24 hour news cycle is set up in such a way that they want to scoop stories, which means that it's not always necessarily completely well researched and it's always uh, someone's going to be upset about it. And it's almost as if it's made, depending on which side you're on, uh, it's made to make someone angry. That the days of just purely objective news. Uh, it's still out there, but it's really hard to find. Uh, and so and and even those things that are objective, people just go crazy over. And so I just decided this week that rather than get worked about uh, worked up about all these things, I'm just gonna start looking to scripture, right? I'm gonna there's a there's a problem with uh, with this issue rather than calling out this politician or that politician for this issue. Uh, I'm going to go and just say, okay, that's fine. But as Christians, this is what we're called to believe. And I'm just going to put the scripture up. I'm just going to put the church father up. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of the absolute uh, lunacy, really, that we're watching in that news cycle. And so I've determined that I'm finding the good and the beautiful and the true. Uh, in the book of Philippians, Paul says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are of good report whatsoever, things uh, are just. um, I'm not doing this in order. I'm just kind of pulling it out of the hat here. Um, Think on these things, right? And so that doesn't mean necessarily being a Pollyanna or only looking at the power of positive thinking or something because what's good and what's beautiful and what's true and what's just uh, are not always... (laughs) happy things when you because when you're thinking about those things that are just you see injustice more readily right when you think about those things that are beautiful you see the ugly more readily and so we call people along with us and we point not to the ugly we don't point at the ugly and say oh that's ugly that's awful we point to the beautiful and we let the the discrepancy show itself right so that's kind of what I've, I'm moving toward. Uh, and, and I hope that you see that in in my social media interactions. Uh, that's my goal, is to say, how can we as Christians, how can we as Catholics, uh, really uh, mirror the beauty of Christ? You know, you've got people out there who are protesting something ugly and they are protesting in an ugly way. And how is that any better, right? How does that bring about positive change. Uh, If we devolve into lawlessness, then how is that any good one way or the other? Now, I'm all for uh, the power of protest because we can do that pointing to justice, right? Thinking about whatsoever things are just, but we can't devolve into lawlessness in the middle of that. And so that's, uh, whether that be in a a protest, in a riot, whether that be on our own social media, whether that be how we present ourselves in our speech, we look to those things that are good, that are true, and we do that by forming our consciences. And we do that by forming our faith. And we're talking about that today with Vicki Burbach. She is uh, an author of a brand new book, lovely book, called "Read How to Read Your Way into Heaven, a spiritual reading program for the worst of sinners, the greatest of saints, and everyone in between. It's a great conversation. You're not going to want to go anywhere. Stick here. Uh, now, join me over on social media, facebook.com slash stepoutsidethewalls. On Twitter, the handle is at Outside the Walls. Let's talk about the good, the beautiful, and the true. What beautiful thing happened to you this week? I want to know about it. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. So glad that you're here with me today. We've got a great show today. We're talking with Vicki Burbach. She is the author of a brand new book called How to Read Your Way into Heaven, a spiritual reading program for the worst of sinners, the greatest of saints, and everyone in between. That includes you and I. Uh, And I have to tell you, uh, this book came across my desk, and this is what I've been looking for. This is from the time that I first converted. You know, I came in uh, after having been in ministry for several years and I knew scripture and I knew. Uh, I knew my way around the part of Christianity I knew, but I also knew that there was so much that I just didn't know. And I, I went around asking everyone I knew, Hey, give me a reading list. Let me see, uh, help me some way to know which book to read next to help develop my faith. And, and no one really had anything comprehensive until now here in this book by Vicki Robach. Vicki, thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So you have been, uh, you've been around book clubs for a very long time. Uh, you, you lead a book club on spiritualdirection.com and you've got over 30,000 subscribers. Hopefully after a day, you've got a few more, uh, talk a little bit about your, your fascination with books and where that started.
1: I have always loved to read. Um, I mean, I, it didn't, whatever the topic, whether to be a better mother or to be a better student or to get a better job, whatever it was, all my life, I have always thought there was a book for every subject. So when I came into the Catholic Church, um, which has now been about 23 years ago, it doesn't seem like that long, but um, I was so excited because I felt like I just all of a sudden was going to be part of this library that you know goes back over 2,000 years. So I just started reading and uh, and I just dove in head first and I, the first book I read was Rome Sweet Home. Um, I read that before. I mean I actually read my way into the church a little bit but uh, and Peter Craft and Scott Hahn were two of my favorites in the beginning and I just um, I just did a whole lot and I ultimately I uh, started a book club. I' have started a couple of them over the years and I eventually, we moved to uh, a place where I didn't know very many people and I started an online book club okay. and uh, within a few months I was in contact with Dan Burke and he invited me to join spiritualdirection.com and place our book club on his site uh, and it was a great match and we've had a lot of fun with it ever since. So,
0: so let's talk about, uh, about the purpose of a book club in general, whether it be online or in person uh, one, uh, you know, as I think about it, I think about accountability. I also think about it as, uh, a perspective that may give depth that I wouldn't have otherwise seen. So uh, you've been drawn, you've been drawn to reading first of all, but you've also been drawn to, to interacting with the readings with other people. What do you find beneficial out of that?
1: Uh, well, definitely just the ability to share what we've learned. I mean, there's so much. I used to probably drive my family crazy because I would read something and then I'd want to read something. You know, I had to read it out loud to someone. So I would share it with my kids. I would share it with my husband. I'd share it with my mother. And ultimately, that just led me to want to share with other Catholics who are also learning and growing in their faith. And uh, so that's how just the idea of a book club came up. And I um, the idea of the online book club was, you know, book clubs are great in a growing and, you know, discussion sort of way, but sometimes for scheduling, they become a challenge. So, um, the idea of an online book club is we can talk about the book. We have assignments every week, um, where we're all, you know, reading probably about 25 pages a week. And then everyone can chime in, you know, with commentary, et cetera, on that week's, uh, that week's piece. So, uh, there's not a lot that we're talking. It's not like we go and read an entire book and discuss the book, which sometimes leaves a lot of room for, you know, missing various perspectives. Right. Um, but just in 25 page increments, we can go in there and just really delve in. And it's been a lot of fun.
0: So. Let's talk about this uh, just a little bit. Uh, There's a lot of different ways that people are out there interacting with books and and lots of people out there who are giving spiritual direction or or having some spiritual reading. Uh, What I love about this book is it's split uh, about half and half between uh, really explaining the the importance of spiritual reading, uh, giving you some best practices for getting the most out of your spiritual reading, but it doesn't stop there. Then you go and you have one year, two year, and three year plans for, okay, here's a checkbox. And if you, if you miss a day or if you miss five days, when you open the book, you're going to know right where you left off because you've, you've marked it with your checkboxes and you get to watch your progress. You get to see what you're doing and I don't have to figure out what's the next book I, I should go look up where, where's the next good author for me? Because you've, you've parsed it out for us. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, uh, Let's start with, talk to me a little bit about what are some of the best practices as you're picking up a book and getting into spiritual reading, maybe for the first time?
1: Um, Well, with a particular book, I think the first thing is how to select a book. And I I know there are some great resources. You know, I I mentioned several in the book. The book itself, one of my favorite things about it is uh, in addition to the reading plan, there are two wonderful lists in the appendices um, one is kind of the impetus to this program in the first place. Uh, Father C. John McCloskey has a list that's available online and, uh, he allowed me to print it in the book, um, a lifetime Catholic reading list. So it's a living list. It over time, he adds, you know, books that he's found that are worthy of our, uh, that can really help us to grow as Catholics. And, um, I came across this list. It's been over 10 years ago now. And, and that's kind of was the beginning of this reading program. Um, And then the other list in the book, we asked many, um, we'll say notable Catholics, uh, people to whom we look for guidance and encouragement and wisdom. Um, And I guess I should back up a little bit. The way this program is set up, it's laid out based on the four pillars of the Catholic faith. Um, So each year you would focus on one uh, one pillar and the, the all based on the catechism. Mm-hmm. So the catechism mm-hmm. speaks of four pillars. The first is what we believe as Catholics. The second is the liturgy and the sacraments. Uh, the third is our life, you know, living a life in Christ. And the fourth is prayer. So the second list we asked, um, you know, people like, uh, people who contributed would be um, people like Dan Burke did contribute. Um, Father McCloskey has his list in there. Uh, Father Timothy Gallagher, Father Mike Schmitz, Jennifer Fulweiler, just all kinds of wonderful people sent me lists of their favorite books in each of those categories so that as you're um, uh, making this plan your own, you could add you know, books through the years that you felt you know, looked like great reads for, for your spiritual journey.
0: Now, one of the things that's interesting to me, because I've always been the kind of person that when I pick up a book, I want to pick up one book and I want to read cover to cover, and then I want to pick up the next book and read that cover to cover. But you've got this laid out in such a way where you're looking at three to four books a day, little pieces of it. Uh, talk a little bit about your approach in that way.
1: Well, the, the way I came up with this idea was, you know, I, I would read the Bible for a little while. And I knew that as Catholics, we needed to read sacred scripture. We needed to um, understand it, just delve in and meditate on it. And I would do that for a while, but then there'd be this great book I wanted to read. Um, you know, I'd pick up you know, you know anything I, I found that I thought was just a wonderful, uh, you know, Dietrich von Hildebrand or saying, you know, I'd find this great author I wanted to read, and I'd you know sooner or later I'd set the Bible down and focus on that book because you know, I was a busy mom. I have six kids. I was homeschooling, and you know I just didn't have tons of time to read. So I do a spiritual reading book for a little while, and then I set that down because I'd want to read, um, pick up scripture again, or I knew the catechism was something we should all read as Catholics, right. and it's not just reference material. So I'd pick that up, and I'd get started, and frankly, I must say, it the catechism is so profound that, you know, I could only digest a couple paragraphs of that at a time, because I really had to meditate on it, um, think about what you know, what I was learning in those little pieces, um, because there's so much wisdom there. And so over time, I just, uh, I, I started thinking there had to be some rhyme and reason to my spiritual reading because I was, I felt like I was all over the place. And, uh, someone gave me father McCloskey's list and I started looking at it and I realized that most of the books that we read, um, can be placed into one of those four categories that the, the catechism laid it lays out right. and so i started thinking i could actually uh lay out a program for myself i actually put the program together 10 years ago so i've been using this for a long time uh, and i laid it out in such a way that i could read just a little bit of scripture and a little bit just a couple paragraphs of the catechism and then a spiritual reading book yeah, i laid it out to be five days a week um, And over time, I figured, you know, if I if I got behind or something, I had a couple extra days I could make up um, or I could just move on ahead. And essentially what I created for myself was a five year reading program based on that. And another thing I found in that was that if the spiritual reading books I read were matched up to that section of the catechism, say, say I focus a year on prayer, well, all the books I read were about some you know, some way related to prayer. And I focused on the catechism, the section of the catechism that dealt with prayer. I really not, noticed that I was um, gaining a whole lot just by, just by putting those two pieces together. Um, I would read something in the catechism and then whatever I read from my spiritual reading book that day, just validated it, just really made it come alive. and I was gaining a lot from putting the pieces together and sacred scripture would do the same thing. Somehow I'd pull something out of the gospels that really uh, illustrated something I was learning in my other reading and I found it to be just a much more profound way to go about spiritual reading rather than the random method I had going on before.
0: We're talking with, uh, with Vicki Burbach. She's the author of a brand new book, How to Read Your Way Into Heaven, available on Sophia Institute Press. We're going to continue this conversation right after the break. Why don't you join our conversation over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls on Twitter. The handles at outside the walls. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking around. And we're having a great conversation today with Vicki Burbach. She's the author of a brand new book, How to Read Your Way into Heaven, a spiritual reading program for the worst of sinners, the greatest of saints, and everyone in between. Uh, she also blogs over at pelicansbreast.com. And there's a story behind that. Uh, this is something I didn't necessarily know, but that's a Christological uh Picture of the pelican's breast. Tell us just the, uh, the 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 story of what that means and and why you chose that as a blog title.
1: Well, I've always been fascinated by uh, by that picture. I saw it one time, and it just stayed with me. It's a picture of uh, you know a mother pelican and three little babies are sitting there facing her in the nest, and they're you can't I don't know if you really tell, but they're pecking at her breast, and you can see blood dripping. Um, in this picture and, you know, I was just at a retreat the other day and that was at the center of the altar, um, in the front of the altar. It's a beautiful picture and it came to represent Christ. It's from an old, I don't know if it's, um, if it's a middle English tale or what kind of, um, what kind of story it was. But essentially the idea was that a mother pelican, if her children were starving, she would allow them to just, she would peck her own breast with her beak to allow her children to eat, you know, to just nourish, find their nourishment in her own blood, uh, to save them, and she would give her life for them. And uh, you know, the church picked that up as a symbol of Christ over the years. And um, and at some point, I, I felt called to to start a discussion about the idea of sacrifice, um, just our sacrifices in daily life. And, and it seemed like you know when we were doing. Um, in book club discussions, et cetera, that the notion of sacrifice is one that so attracts us all and at the same time, so repels us all. It's so difficult to do, but it's something we admire and we just know is necessary. And so I began uh, Pelican's us with that idea um, that we could just have a discussion on sacrifice, whether in our own daily lives in our home or, you know, on a larger political scale, you know, in our country um, as patriots. And, um, that's, yeah, it's been probably about
0: year now. We're all taken by this idea of, of sacrificial living. We see it in other people. We see it in the lives of the saints and and patriots and whoever else. And we're, and we're enamored by it as Mm -hmm. long, as long as it's not us. (laughs) Right. Right.
1: So hard to pick up that
0: cross. (laughs) So let's get back to your, your book here on Sophia Institute press, how to read your way into heaven. Uh, now, there are lots of different people and and ways that people approach books. Some people are voracious readers who who like to read all night until the sun comes up. Uh, other people maybe get the hives just thinking about picking up a book. And, and yet spiritual reading is something that helps. Well, I mean, it's right there in the title, how to read your way into heaven. Uh, not that the reading itself will do it, but the reading is a mirror to our own souls. And through that reading, we grow, right? Right. Right. So if it's beneficial for everyone, but not everyone's bent toward it, uh, how, have you, how have you worked to help maybe even the book Novice uh, enter into this idea of spiritual reading?
1: Right. Well, the first portion of this book is, um, you know, it's my spiritual journey, but essentially it's also a discussion on why spiritual reading is so critical to us um, in our faith lives. I mean, we have 24 hours a day. We are just completely ambushed with negative messages messages that have nothing to do that are completely antithetical to our lives as christians and you know we need to take some time to just we need to meditate on christ's word we need to know you know where are we need to ground ourselves in something solid you know so we have the mass and the sacraments but spiritual reading helps us even to understand those better to live those in a more in a fuller way in in a much deeper way um so the beginning, it really talks about why it's critical to everyone, even if someone's not super into reading. You know, we can all spare a few minutes a day just to center ourselves in our faith. Um, and I did lay out this program for anyone, you know, someone who may be um, nervous about a five year commitment to spiritual reading. There's an option in here for a one year program. Um, and, and there are, you know, it's a checklist. You know, I was a home, I'm a homeschool mom. So (laughs) in my own life, if it's not on the list, it doesn't get done. So when I laid this out for myself, I laid it out as a definite checklist. And, you know, it, but it's flexible. So, you know, if you had time only to read, the Bible one day and, you know, maybe the Bible and the catechism and the next day read a few pages of a spiritual reading book. That's okay because this is your program. So, you know, you one morning you read a chapter from Matthew, for example, and you read a paragraph of the catechism. You know, that's maybe 10, 15 minutes. And in the book, I talk about Lexio Divina, um, you know, just ways that you can really uh, unite yourself to Christ in your reading of scripture because it's not just about getting the reading done. It's about, are you know uniting ourselves to our lord um and then the following day you could read from you know your spiritual reading piece and the assignments are laid out exactly in here so it's kind of a no-brainer for someone who wants a no-brainer and yet there are also um there are lines for people to Uh, you know, adapt this to their own liking. If they've, say, read a book before that's in the program, they can substitute it with another book. And that blank space has its own little checkbox. So you can, you know, read a book of your choice and mark off little pieces of that every day. And, and, you know, this program can take, you know, even if you did the one-year piece, it could take you a year, it could take you 10 years. The, The length isn't the point. The point is that every day we spend some time Really uniting uniting ourselves with our Lord and coming to know and understand and live our faith more fully.
0: Well, one of the things that I, I love about this concept is uh, I'm the kind of reader that I will read voraciously for a season, and then I'll get sidetracked, right? Right. Uh, and so then I'll I'll need to come back to it. And so to be able to open the book and see, oh, well, here's where I left off, and here's where I go next. Right now, I've I've got the check boxes. I've I've followed. Uh, up until this point, And now I have direction of where to go.
1: Right. And, and that's how I am. I'm like, you are, I'll, I'll really get into something for a while. And then, you know, life takes over or I get sidetracked by something else, um, uh, by another book to read, say for our, our blog or something. And the reason I wanted this checklist is because I would go back and start over all the time you know I would I'd start the bible I'd get up through you know I'd start at the beginning not the gospels and I'd get up to Leviticus and then I'd set it aside and come back later and well I'd have to go back and start you know, start at Genesis 1 again and I realized I'd read that probably 500 times right um, and and so the way I laid this out it allows you first of all if you did a 5 year program you know um, Frank Sheed and many other writers really recommend that we start in the gospels you know that that's You know, that relationship with Christ and and understanding um, his ministry is so key to us. Um, And so, you know, in year one, the way I have this laid out is just with respect to sacred scripture, you read the Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles, and then you read the Gospels again. Um, And then years two, three, and four, you read the Old Testament, and in year five, you read the entire New Testament from beginning to end. Um, so it is laid out in a way that, you know, you can do five years and then go back and start again because you can never read scripture enough. Um, and the same with the catechism, you know, you read through it through five years and then you go start it again and you add new works or reread old favorite works. Um, it's meant to be a tool, uh, a lifelong tool. I mean, I've used it for 10 years and, and I just absolutely, um, it's been extremely useful to my life.
0: Well, one of the other things that you've done in here is. Yes, it's only for five years. And some people are like, only for five years. <laughs> but it's five years, but it is going to serve you for the whole of your life because you're introducing people to authors, right? And these authors wrote more than one book. So you're going to get through, say, with a Frank Sheed book or with a, with a, a Fulton Sheen or Maximilian Kolbe or whoever it is, you're going to get to the end of this and say, oh, I need to read uh, another book by this author. I, need, I I really got a lot out of this. I connected with this author. Uh, and so now I'm going to look up their other works and, and now you have, uh, you've introduced them to a whole library.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. In addition to the couple hundred books that are mentioned at the, in the appendices, you know, there are other books out there that are, that are um, you know, just wonderful. We, we have so, and you just could not even, you could read every day of your life and not um, go through the entire library of wisdom that our church has to offer. Um, but yeah, you just, you go back through and you you can lay it out again and you can, you know, you can mm-hmm. reread for the rest of your life. And that's actually the goal. That's, that's what I strongly recommend.
0: Now this is definitely a book for you. Uh, you, you need to go and, and pick it up right now, but this is especially a book for uh for someone that you know that's looking at entering the church there they have questions about the church or that's in the middle of rcia when i came into the faith uh and entered into full communion with the catholic church uh, i didn't know what i didn't know i I knew that i had whole gaps of knowledge and all i wanted was someone to show me a, a a path a road map uh, that would help me get through that. Not just principles. I love principles, but I needed like step-by-step, step, here's what you do next. Uh, and and that's what this book offers. So if you have anyone one in RCIA, especially you, this ought to be the gift that you give them for their confirmation. This should be their confirmation gift coming into the church. And make sure to pick up a copy for yourself as well. So let's touch on one last thing, Vicky. Uh, uh, just a, a personal curiosity of mine. What's your favorite
1: book? I have two of them. One is uh, Trustful, uh, Trustful Surrender to Divine Providence, um, and uh, the second would be the Secret Diary of Elizabeth L'Essoir.
0: And the authors of those are?
1: Well, Elizabeth L'Essoir's is right. a diary. The other is, no, the saint who writes it is Saint-Claude de la Colombière. The priest that writes it is Father Jean-Baptiste, well worth reading. I've probably read my copy 10 to 15 times over. It's falling apart.
0: We've been talking today with Vicki Burbach, the author of the brand new book, How to Read Your Way to Heaven, a spiritual reading program for the worst of sinners, the greatest of saints, and everyone in between available on Sophia Institute Press. She blogs over at pelicansbreast.com as well as spiritualdirection.com. Go and take a look. Sign up for her online book club. Definitely pick up this book. We'll be right back after this with much more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Outside the Walls. Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam. This time always goes so fast. Well, I mean, we're just, we're, we're almost done. We have we've just barely started and we're almost done. Had a great conversation today with Vicki Burbank. She, uh, she wrote a brand new book that I am just really looking forward to breaking into. Uh, it's a book that's going to take me at least five years to finish because there are five years worth of... Uh, suggestions and, and daily readings, uh, both in, in scripture and the catechism and in a number of other, uh, spiritual books. Uh, if you missed any part of this interview, if you, uh, if you want someone else to hear about this, well, good news, everything is archived over at outside the Uh, again, the book today was how to read your way to heaven, a spiritual reading pro- program for the worst of sinners, the greatest of saints and everyone in between on Sophia Institute press. So uh, I I tell you I'm just stoked about this book and uh, this is a great book for someone who's coming into the church. If you know someone in RCIA, go pick up a copy. If you're uh, if you're a a godparent of someone who's just about to go through confirmation, go pick up a copy. Uh, this is uh, this is the book that when I was coming into the church, I was begging for, I was looking for, and and couldn't find. So uh, I'm really excited about it now. So. Uh, that's uh, I, this is not a book I'm going to give away, but we still have the book from last week that no one has yet claimed. No one has yet claimed it, so this is what you do. Uh, last week we talked with uh, with Christina Klehammer, she blogs over at findingchristinastory.com. And uh, the way that you can win the book that I'm giving away, I'm giving away a copy of Mark Shay's By What Authority. Uh, the way that you can get a hold of that book is by going on to social media on Twitter or Facebook and sharing your favorite uh, blog post from that blog, findingchristinastory.com, and tagging me at Outside the Walls. Uh, Facebook is Step Outside the Walls. On Twitter, it's just at Outside the Walls. Tag me in that so I know... Uh, and then share that post, and uh, you'll be eligible. You'll be eligible for the drawing by which we will give that away. So I don't want you to miss out on this. We don't give away books uh, very often on the show. However, we give away books fairly regularly to people who become friends of the show. Become a friend of the show, it only takes, you guessed it, if you've listened for any length of time, you know this already, uh, $10 a month. That's two two, uh, Starbucks. That's it. Two Starbucks. Uh, one pound of, of good coffee a week, that, uh, not a week, a month. Uh, see, it's, even be, it's an even better deal. Uh, $10 a month, and you become eligible for the, all, the, all the extra content that we have on Facebook, as well as all the giveaways. And I have tons of giveaways uh, from excellent, amazing Catholic publishers like Sophia Institute Press, like Ave Maria Press, uh, like Ignatius Press, and many, many more. Uh, So come be a part of what we're doing here at Outside the Walls. Go to OutsideTheWalls.com. Click on the menu item that says Friend of the Show. Fill out that information and bada bing, you're in. That's all it takes. So uh, we talked today about all kinds of things. We talked about developing our spiritual life by doing spiritual reading. Uh, We talked about finding the good and the beautiful and the true, standing up for what's just, but doing so in a way that points not to the injustice, but points to what is just. And out of that, the discrepancy making its way known. Just by the fact that you are uh, exemplifying virtue, uh, everything that falls short of that is going to be highlighted uh, without any extra effort on your part. Uh, And that's where today's scripture comes in. Uh, It's actually tomorrow's scripture um, because it just fit so well. I I want us to hear the words of Isaiah. This comes from Isaiah 58. Thus says the Lord, Share your bread with the hungry, shelter the oppressed and the homeless, clothe the naked when you see them, and do not turn your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your wound shall quickly be healed. Your vindication shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove from your midst oppression, false accusation, and malicious speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, then light shall rise for you in the darkness, and the gloom shall become for you like midday. That reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. And we hear that, and we come up very often with with excuses of why we can't do that, or why it's not wise to do that, or where we try to identify uh, who is our own, because it says, "Don't turn your back on your own," right? Uh, and rather than looking to say, "Okay," thus says the Lord, God, who who do you mean by this? If if this makes me uncomfortable, well. Good scripture is supposed to make us uncomfortable, Uh, but remember here there's an if-then statement, right? Uh, Just like forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, we're tying our own forgiveness to the way that we we forgive. Here is another if-then statement: share your bread with the hungry, then, then your light shall rise for you in the darkness. Uh, And so we have to see that when we do these things, when we when we are uh, complicitly or when we are actively oppressing the poor. Uh, and the church fathers, man, the early church fathers had some really stringent things to say about this. Uh, you know, I think of St. John Chrysostom who says that the extra food in your house is stolen from the poor. Uh, that's something that, that rankles us, but that's what the church has taught for a very long time, that, that we need to be mindful of the poor. Matthew 25, Jesus says, uh, you know, whatever you did to the least of these, you've done to me. And so as these things make us uncomfortable, I encourage you, as we're looking for the good, the beautiful, and the true, we find those things in Christ. Uh, we find those things in justice. And so we ask God on a daily basis, when we wake up in the morning, as we're developing our spiritual life, we say, God, who today am I going to find you in? Where am I going to find you today? And it's not going to be the same every day, which brings me to our reading today from church history. Today's reading comes from a a homily from the fourth century by an anonymous writer. And he says this, those who have been considered worthy to go forth as the sons of God and to be born again of the Holy spirit from on high and who hold within them the Christ who renews them and fills them with light. They are directed by the Spirit and varied in varied and different ways, and in their spiritual repose, they are led invisibly in their hearts by grace. At times, they are like men who mourn and lament over their fellow men. Pouring forth prayers for the whole human race, they plunge into tears and lamentation, on fire with spiritual love for mankind. At other times, they are enkindled by the Spirit with love and exultation that, were it possible... They would clasp in their embrace all mankind without discrimination, good and battle-like. Sometimes they are cast down below all mankind in the lowliness of spirit, so that they reckon theirs to be the lowest and most abject of conditions. And sometimes they are held by the spirit in ineffable joy. At one time they are like a brave man who puts on the king's armor, his full armor, and goes down into battle. He fights bravely against the enemy and defeats them. In like manner, the spiritual man takes up the heavenly arms of the spirit and marches against the enemy, and engaging in battle, tramples the foe beneath his feet. At another time, the soul is at rest, in deepest silence, tranquility, and peace, existing in sheer spiritual pleasure and in ineffable repose and a perfect state. Again, the soul is instructed by grace in a certain understanding in the ineffable wisdom and the inscrutable knowledge of the Spirit on matters which neither tongue nor lips can utter. Then again, the soul becomes like an ordinary man. In such varied ways does grace work within them. And many are the means by which it leads the soul, renewing it according to God's will and training it in different ways so that it may be set before the Heavenly Father pure. And whole and blameless. We too, therefore, must make our prayer to God and entreat in love and in great hope that He may bestow upon us the heavenly grace of the gift of the Spirit. We pray that we too may be guided by that Spirit and that He may lead us into the fullness of divine will and refresh us with the varied kinds of His repose, that by the help of His guidance, exercise of grace and spiritual advancement, we may be considered worthy to attain the perfection of the fullness of Christ. As the apostle says, that you may be filled to the complete fullness of Christ. Isn't that what it's about? Every day, it may be a little different. Maybe we're going to experience ups and downs. Maybe one day we are fighting mad and we want to, you know, take on the world. And maybe another day we realize that that's not the best path for us on this day. The question is when we wake up in the morning, what do you have for me to do today, God? How am I going to reflect your your love? How am I going to reflect your joy? Sometimes that means, like Christ, braiding a whip, right, and going and cleaning out the temple. Sometimes there, there is uh, fire in, in our step, fire in our direction. And sometimes it means, like Christ, going away, to a quiet place and just being in prayer being with God the Father sometimes that means strengthening our soul by doing spiritual reading if you don't have a spiritual uh, discipline of reading uh, now's a great time to start over the last couple of weeks we've talked about lots of different ways to do that we talked today about this great five year plan Uh, but each day we develop our life we develop our ears to hear better the Spirit of God We develop our souls all the better by studying and by praying. That's all the time we have for today. Outside the Walls is a co-production of St. Michael Catholic Radio and Breadbox Media heard around the world on terrestrial radio, live streaming, and podcasting. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.